killed his own brother and left a child behind with nothing. What kind of king? What kind of man does that? Back to Real Ripe and Real Rotten. This is a podcast that we're taking a look at the highs and lows of your favorite Hollywood artists. Each month, we're going to be using Rotten Tomatoes to determine the best and worst film in one individual filmography. You can listen along as we try to figure out what went right and what went wrong. Usually, we do that. We're continuing our 2019 Best Picture Oscar run here. We did Bohemian Rhapsody a couple days ago, and now we're going to be moving on to the best rated film, at least according to Rotten Tomatoes, of the 2019 Best Picture Oscar contenders. It's called Black Panther. It's part of the MCU. It's the 18th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. My name is Wes Teasel. I'm joined by Clay McCormick. Clay, how are you? I'm good. You can't see it, but I'm doing the Wakanda Forever thing right now. So, the, I, <laughs> I've, I've been watching a lot of... Uh, I'm playing um, Final Fantasy X, replaying it, and they have a little greeting, and I always think of that as the Wakandan thing, but it's it's not the same. We're going to be talking about Wakanda, the uh, the adventures of Black Panther, the Adventures of Killmonger, the most appropriately titled villain of all time. And we're going to be um, trying to figure out whether or not this is a best picture contender, where it stands in the Pantheon and all that stuff. So, um, <laughs> Pantherion. Pantherion, where it stands. Um, I guess that's it. So we'll just get into it. I'm going to say that it is uh, 97% on the tomatometer, which is the Rotten Tomatoes meter. Uh, the critical mm. consensus is Black Panther elevates superhero cinema to thrilling new heights while telling one of MCU's most absorbing stories and introducing some of its most fully realized characters. So that's it. Clay, have you seen all of the MCU films? Is there any one that you have not seen? Uh, I have seen all of them, yes. Okay. I have not. I, I, don't, I probably should have thought about how much I've seen. I would guess I've seen 60% of them. Um, mm-hmm. This is the most recent one that I've seen. I had not seen it before this this watch uh, that I watched it last night for this podcast. Um, but I guess it'll start off. It feels like an MCU movie. I guess that's so all. Throw it to you. What say you about that? It feels like a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie to me. I have seen gods fly. I've seen men build weapons that I couldn't even imagine. Uh huh. I've seen aliens drop from the sky. Yeah. But I have never seen anything like this. How much more are you hiding? Hola. Let's go. 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 My son, it is your time. Show me my respect and bow down. You get to decide what kind of king you are going to be. Don't freeze. I never freeze. The revolution will not be televised. Show me my respect. And bow down. We own ya. We own ya. We only getting started now. Cause we own ya. Everybody think they know me now. Cause we own ya. You and I'm my homie now. Cause we own ya. I waited my entire life for this. The world's gonna start over. I'ma burn it all. What happens now determines what happens 
to the rest of the world. You will not be able to stay home, brother. You will not be able to plug in, turn on, and cop out. The revolution will not be televised. Let's have some fun. It does. I that uh, that critical consensus thing that you read. I agree with like half of that. I think this movie does a lot of things really well that they haven't done in some of the other movies. But I think it's ultimately held down by. I don't know if "held down" is the word, but like it's it's not as revolutionary. At least story wise, as I think it gets credit for, it's. Um, Would, yeah, do you think that the story gets credit for that, or just the content of the story? Um, because I, I would agree, this is very much an MCU thing to the point where I got bored during the last half hour, where it's just the yeah. big fight in a field scene for yeah. uh, for a half hour, and I, it's like eh, I can kind of do without this at this point. I I can sum up my feelings for this movie by saying. I think the middle of it is fantastic. I think there's like half an hour to 40 minutes of it that is great, that I wish had been the entire movie, uh, that is way too short, and the I and I do not like the last half hour or so, the battle sequence and stuff. I think it's I think it's really weak uh, personally. Yep. I uh, it looks very empty. The, uh, the we can talk about the battle scene at the end. It looks. Um, <clears throat> I I was almost thinking like Braveheart felt like it had more people on the battlefield, and that was a much older yeah. movie with like much less uh, special effects and everything going on to it. It feels like a very empty movie uh, or an empty fight scene, at least at the very end. Yeah, and, and it's a fight scene that y- you do. Some rhinos come in. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like I don't think it earns the 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 conflict that they're presenting, right? Because the the thing that I really like about this movie is I think the the politics of Wakanda are very interesting. I think that stuff is really cool. Um, I love Killmonger as a character because I think he 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 really walks that line really well of what makes a great villain, which is the stuff they're saying isn't entirely wrong. It's just that the way that they're going about it is not the correct way to go about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fight at the end tries to cash in on this cultural divide, right? So like the 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 setup for for the uh um the main con- Wakandan conflict is they've got all this technology which, you know, we can get to that in a second. Um they've, they've got, got all wealth. this technology. Yeah. yeah, they they're super rich. They can they could probably save the entire world by themselves if they wanted to. Um but they are very isolationist. And they do not – nobody outside of Wakanda knows what they are. And uh, basically half the pe- half the people in Wakanda, at least the ones that were shown anyway, are like, maybe we should reach out and join the world. And the other half are like, no, we didn't get this way because – we didn't get as prosperous as we are because we helped people because the rest of the world is dirty. It's, you know, like that thing where it's like, you know, uh, millionaires don't become millionaires because they spend a lot of money. Yeah, or giving it away. You don't become a millionaire by giving away your money. Right. 
And those that argument is very interesting. I think that's a really because it, it it takes um and in the character of Killmonger especially being just like more or less a guy from Oakland. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It it really it it allows them to talk about what if Wakanda really existed and did the and their politics played out the way they do in this movie. There would be a lot of people that would be really fucking pissed off at them, mm-hmm. you know, for, for and I think that stuff is really interesting. And I, I love that essentially at the end, uh, T'Challa comes to the same conclusion that Killmonger and Killmonger's dad had. But whereas Killmonger is coming at it from uh, hatred and, and violence, T'Challa comes at it from a place of love, which I think is a great character move. I think that's a, a nice progression. Yeah. Um, but the divide that they present of these two sides of the coin, I don't think they spend enough time with it to warrant this end battle where T'Challa's best friend all of a sudden takes his entire army and turns on, on T'Challa and then turns on his wife too. Mm-hmm. And they just, it it's becomes this like very civil war battle that does not, that apparently everybody who lives in Wakanda has no idea is happening because they don't, you don't see how this fight is affecting anybody in the city. Right. Uh, it's all on the, uh, it's like, it's like everybody in parliament met on the soccer field and are just beating the shit out of each other for it's, some reason. It's very Nobody much the um, Phantom Menace fights. It happens outside of Naboo's city. You know, it's just yes. on the big field. Yeah. Outside on, the on the rolling, the rolling hills of Naboo. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's the biggest problem for me in that sequence is I don't think it's, it, it, it takes a lot of really interesting stuff that they've done up to that point and kind of forgets it in favor of just a more or less throwaway, you know, stock Marvel fight. Yeah. Yep. And it, and it extends, it extends, uh, I'm sorry to keep talking for so long, but it extends to T'Challa himself and the fight with Killmonger as well, because uh, the structure of this movie is, is, is uh, very Rocky three esque. Rocky three being the most perfectly structured movie ever made. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, it's a movie that it's a structure that gets tapped into very frequently for these superhero movies, because it's the idea is you've got a superhero at the height of his power, who's then blindsided by someone he doesn't expect. And then is knocked down to his lowest point and then has to fight back up to, you know, defeat this person and becoming a, a, uh, a, a learning something about it in the process. You know, they did it in, in, in dark Knight rises, uh, they do it all the time. However, the thing they forget every time that they go to the Rocky Three well is that even though Rocky Three ends with Rocky punching another guy harder than he can get punched, that's not the that's not how he beats Clubber Lang. He beats Clubber Lang because he learns a completely different way of fighting. Yep. So he has to he has to learn something new and gain a new skill in order to defeat the bad guy. And in this one, much like in Dark Knight Rises, he T'Challa doesn't really like gain anything new. He doesn't have a struggle that he has to overcome. He just gets the shit kicked out of him, and then he gets his juice back, and then they start into a they have a punch fight. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's my biggest the thing that I I like the least about it is that they 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 just jump they just uh, streamline the ending so much that it takes any sort of like character growth or, or or dramatic tension between those two fights like there's they're both on equal equal footing there's no yeah there's they have really the, the no... exact same costumes and powers and everything too yeah, yeah. They, they don't even say like oh killmonger's got a more powerful suit than you got you have the old suit you know they, they don't even really do that 
Um, so yeah, I think it's just the last half hour battle scene just it feels really, really empty to me. And it's a shame because I think they do a lot of great stuff up until that point. I think the, um, basically this is just a Marvel thing. Like when, when, yeah. when just talking about the MCU, they, they certainly have a way that they want to tell their stories and the tone, they pretty much mastered the tone that they want across everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that they, are hesitant to really change things up too much. They change it by the star of the movie sort of changes the tone a little bit. Like a Mm -hmm. Thor Ragnarok is a lot more funny and goofy and sort of over the top than Black Panther is, which Black Panther is probably... Black Panther is probably the least funny of the Marvel movies, I think. And it almost Mm -hmm. felt as a little bit like, oh, this is where they felt they had to insert a joke to lighten the mood a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, I can see that. The main thing is that his sister, the scientist, who's basically Q, um, is uh, she feels very much like she belongs in the universe, but it feels like she's substantially there to uh, provide a little bit of comic relief for things. And T'Challa himself is extremely unfunny. Um, Mm -hmm. he's, he's a very serious character, not like Thor and Hulk when they get together. So I think that they, um, I think the problem is when it goes into the battle, they know that they have to end these movies like that. And I thought that Mm -hmm. this movie, the reason this movie succeeds in a lot of the other Marvel movies maybe don't get nominated for best picture is that this one felt to me like the story could exist outside of the superhero structure that it's stuck mm. in and because yeah. the the narrative itself is interesting but unfortunately it's also stuck being this superhero marvel movie and they know they have to fight they know they have to have the suit and so the the resolution of the fighting feels very lackluster compared to the interactions between killmonger and t'challa and i would say that, that in my opinion that's even more just due to i really like killmonger even though i don't think the performance yeah. i don't think the performance is great but i really like the character himself yeah and yeah. I think that the the interplay between those two is really satisfying, and he's really he really. I think both the villains in this one are good. Uh, Cl- uh, what is it? Claw, Claw, and yes, Claw. T'Challa yeah. are both the kind of villains that you like viscerally have a dislike for. Like they're very good at making you not like them. Claw is in particular is kind of like that. Um, and so I think that the, the, to me the real reason this succeeds is the villains. It's probably my favorite part of all the uh, MCU films. I think the villains here are really strong. Well, yeah, it 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 presents, um, you know, it, it, T'Challa is, for lack of a better term, kind of naive about the world. Yep. In a in a certain respect, and Killmonger works so well because Killmonger is very realistic in his outlook on the world, and so bringing that element in uh, and throwing it into T'Challa's face instantly makes for a very good uh, uh, contrast. He's thought about um, it more than T'Challa ever had to. T'Challa yeah, just sort of which, goes along with it, yeah. Yeah, which is why I wish they had done more of that stuff in the middle. Like, I, once I... The first time I saw this, I kind of was just like, eh, whatever, for the first hour until Killmonger gets to Wakanda. Uh, and then I was like, oh, okay, I'm into this. Because once they do the... It's the sun, he's there to fight for the throne, and he wins, and, you know, all this politics stuff that's actually very engaging. I was like, oh, this is the move. This is... I love this. And then that's over in, like, 15 minutes. It's over very quickly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I wish there was more of that. I think that would could have been even more rev- revolutionary and impressive if they had managed to extend that out. When I watched it this time, I I think I liked it more on the second watch because... I 
looked at the first hour more of as like a James Bond movie because it's very very James Bondy. Yeah. Um, yes. It, it when especially when they're the in the casino is a very James Bondy thing. Uh, when they're in yeah. the, that sort of uh, I don't know if it, it must be a casino, but that Asian casino. Yeah, it, the whole feel is very James Bond. Uh, you know, they got a car chase going on and everything, and you know, it's very cool, very stylish. And and I was like, okay, I still don't love this stuff, but I un, I I get it because it looks fantastic. It, say what you want about the story, this movie is like a design masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Everything in this movie looks unbelievable. Like the co- if this doesn't win an Oscar for best costumes, then they got a problem over there. Yeah, I would um, I would um I would say that the CGI rhinos don't look great and. Uh, yeah, the, those, those look a little stock. Yeah, the the, the, the um, when T'Challa and Killmonger are fighting as the Panther costumes does not always really look spectacular, but everything else that's sort of a, a real costume looks really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, even like, and, and so I, I I get why they spend so much time just like showing off at the beginning because the design is 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 amazing and it's it is really revolutionary as far as like you've got, um this African culture that is is at the same time uh, rooted in tradition in its designs and also very, 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 very ultra-modern, if not even futuristic. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything just drips with that design quality. So, I, yeah, I, I get why you would spend that much time showing it off and doing slow pans through the city and all this kind of stuff. Um, but, yeah, I just wish they had got to the the, the, the meat of the story a little bit faster. Yeah, I, I maybe I'd I might disagree slightly. I do like the opening bit. I like the middle. I really just don't like the fight scene stuff at the very end. But I think that the mm-hmm. the characters themselves I think are good enough to carry the opening bits. Even if I'm yeah. not particularly impressed with T'Challa, I think he's fairly bland as a character. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Killmonger is really strong, and I think Michael B. Jordan. But he he like teeters towards the edge of being a little bit too much. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think that I think my biggest thing is when I'm when I'm thinking about because we're watching this in context of best picture movies, mm-hmm. right? And I was wondering how much. Uh, and this is this is going to be me speaking from a place where I don't know tremendous amount of about comics because I don't read them regularly or anything. But how much do you have to? How much are you allowed to hold? against a film if the dialogue mimics its source material and it's not really the most cinematic way of talking to each other because Mm. as much as i like the conflict between t'challa and killmonger they basically get it all across in two scenes where they explain to each other very bluntly what they're talking about um and it's like they they don't have time to really get into the nuance and and they don't have a lot of other scenes where they exist outside of that where t'challa is thinking T'Challa does it more than Killmonger, but Killmonger never has scenes outside of it where he's really explaining his thought process because his his point of view is very strong and very blunt, and it makes sense. Mm. It's just that it's not the the movie itself is not nuanced. They have to do the comic booky type thing because they're limited with how much text you can get across in a comic book. They have to kind of explain it very quickly to each other, and right. and right. it doesn't really feel cinematic, and it doesn't feel best picturey in my opinion, but. It is the source material. You know what I mean? Yeah. What's funny is like, uh, you know, if you if you told this story as a period piece, a hundred percent, this would end up being a a, a best picture nominee. Yeah. yeah. You know, because I mean, if because it has all the same elements, costume design, uh, g- grand 
uh, drama based on uh, Shakespearean style. Of, yeah, it's uh, a lot of king royalty, royal blood yeah, feuding and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, blood feuds and, you know, lines of succession and you have this big battle at the end and, and everything. And I think it would be, I think, yeah, I think... Racism some is a big the, part of it too. Like even, yeah, even, no, even the... I guess you, you make an argument, it's not even white and black in this, it's more like black on black, uh, like... Uh, hostility. Just don't say. Don't say crime. Yeah, don't say <laughs> black ice. Yeah, but it's more like the the sort of like feuding, whether or not like how how a society and how a culture would sort of move forward. Like it's this yeah. sort of turmoil between how a culture considers itself that it wants to be moving forward into the like the future and how you know the sort of old ways of holding it back and things like that. Yeah, and it's. I mean, uh, it's a very sorry. I don't know if you can hear that, but my dog is drinking a lot of water very loudly <laughs> right now. um it's it's the the core uh dispute of ice it's basically like an isolationism versus a globalism kind of argument right which is is a very uh pertinent discussion to have and they don't just present it in a way that's just black and white they give you these options where you've got you know like i was saying you've got killmonger who's he's killmonger is a globalist but he's not a globalist in the way that most people would assume like the positive version of being a globalist. Yeah. He's not Jewish. Um, <laughs> right, <yeah. laughs> Jesus. I want to cut that one out. I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, you know, but you know, he's, he's, uh, pr- they present the, the grays of the argument, um, couched in this superhero shell, which, yeah, I, I wonder, I don't know. Uh, I, cause you know, I, I love these movies, but I don't know. I mean, I get why this is this is a, a, a best picture nominee. Like, I think this kind of goes into the territory of uh, um, uh, what it is versus more than exactly how good of a quote unquote good of a movie it is. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, I, you know, undeniably it has this massive cultural impact and stuff. But uh, if you're looking at it just on the merits of the movie itself. Yeah, I don't know if it's if it's a matter of the fact that the comic book stuff makes it feel less best picturey than it would if it was just like a a, a drab courtroom, not courtroom, uh, um, you know, period. Yeah, it's just period, dress period, period, period piece, piece. You know, uh, uh, monarchy drama. Yeah, because I, I, I do think that it has the most to say out of all the MCU films because it Definitely, is like, it yeah. is sort of the, the global, like it is a very much a political thing of being a global influence versus being a sort of xenophobic and like insular uh, interested country. Mm-hmm. And I think that they, they also tie that really effectively to um, more the sense of like how it's not just on like a sort of political level, but it's more on a personal level of what you do. It's not all about like what Wakanda can do for everything else. It's more, how do you help other people? If you just sort of right. eliminate the, the Wakandan like uh, state lines, like if you eliminate the lines on the map, what is good for Wakanda to do? Right. And I thought that the, 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 the maybe the weakness of that movie is that I don't think that the old way really has much of a it, it doesn't have a great rationale for it. He goes back and talks to his father that second time and he's like, Why did you like allow this stuff to happen? Um, yeah. I don't really what is the reason for leaving Killmonger <laughs> behind as a kid? Why do they do uh, that? Just because he, he thinks that he doesn't want he didn't want to bring attention to something, but who's going to care about a missing? 
like kid and like his father gets murdered they're in oakland and then the kid is just gone i mean i i I sort of understand it but at the same time it felt like that kind of had to happen in order for the rest of the movie to go forward and it didn't make a lot of sense to me yeah i'm not totally sure um what the rationale there is as far as leaving the kid behind but Um, and i I think it ties into the the general t'challa's point of view is less easily um explained than Killmonger's. Killmonger's is like a very visceral in your face sort of uh explainer about what he thinks mm-hmm. and T'Challa's is mm-hmm. more sort of touchy-feely in a way, you know, and so it comes across as a little bit less um pointed. You know what I mean? His his point of mm-hmm. view is more just it's generally a good idea to be kind to and good to other people, which is obviously a good thing, but it doesn't have the um, personal impact of Killmonger's story. So I think that he kind of suffers as a character in opposition to him, even though he's, he is sort of the paragon of good and the paragon of virtue. And I think that that works yeah. for Black Panther. And, and that's why I wish that there had been more stuff in the middle. Like, I, I think I think they missed a great opportunity after he gets the shit kicked out of him to have a real, you know, uh, time of reflection on stuff. Instead of just going right into taking that drug and or taking the the, the the plant thing and then just yelling at his dad, I I would have liked to have seen T'Challa without his powers recovering, having to kind of like think things over. You know? Yeah. The uh, um, well, you know what's weird that they don't do? He never gets stuck out of Wakanda. Oh yeah. You know, like you yeah. would have thought that he would have been sent to Oakland or something for a little yeah. bit and he would that like would have changed his opinion about like how how much he can help. But it's funny that the movie always takes place in this very um utopian world where Killmonger mm. coming in is a bad thing, but T'Challa never has to leave. He just kind of he doesn't come to his uh rationale through any kind of plot device. He just kind of realizes it after a while. Yeah. Yeah, there's not there's not really much that sends him on his way you know like i think i think the weakest as much as i like the character i think the weakest thread of uh, a section of the of the movie there in that story is after he gets beat, beat up when he, they end up finding him at uh mbaku's place who i love that guy i think his character he's he's great but um even there the the handoff is so quick and it's like there's a little bit of tension when he's asking Mbaku for for help uh, in the upcoming fight, but there's no like real time spent in that other kingdom where Mbaku could maybe like impart some wisdom onto T'Challa about how Wakanda is has is acting and has been tr- treating uh, uh, his kingdom and all this kind of stuff. It's very much a you know. I know that your battle you're fighting is going to be pretty important, but I just don't want to help. Yeah. Like it, it's, it, there's not really a lot gained from, from, from that scene other than setting it up for when he, sh- when they show up at the end so, as a surprise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the justification so I, being that he spared him earlier. So they're even now they, they they've spared right. each other and they're even right. And even in that scene too, like there's no, there's no moment where Umbaku is like using the you, you know he's got he's got an advantage over over uh uh T'Challa's mother and and everybody who's come to see him and he he doesn't even like entertain the idea of fucking with them a little bit mm-hmm. or like you know taking the opportunity to to spit some truth at them or even he doesn't even think twice about maybe taking the black panther stuff 
like the, even if he's even if he's only doing it for show or you know you know the, yeah. there's no moment yeah. where like he he has the he has the grail and then he hands it off to the person who really deserves it that kind of thing yeah um I, which it would have been nice to have a little bit more in there of of uh because you know the the the, the important part of the rocky story the rocky 3 plot line is when Rocky hits bottom after he gets the shit kicked out of him and Mick dies and he has to, you know, and that's, that's where the meat of the story comes. And they, in this one, he just sort of like bounces off the bottom and comes right back up. So it, it feels a little bit hollow, hollow to me. I mean, do you think that the movie, do you think at that point what the movie is saying is that, um, because I, I sort of see the, the weakness of the Wakandans on some level is that they're so tradition bound you know that they can't mm-hmm. they can't stop Killmonger because he basically won the fight. Like th- that's the that's the right. end game there. If you win the fight, you are the king. And it, maybe you could kind of make the argument that he, T'Challa does sort of break with tradition because he ultimately decides to make Wakanda great again and go global. Um, but mm-hmm. he he like the the thing about it is that it doesn't really the movie doesn't really stress that comparison that in order to beat killmonger he has to sort of get around the traditional aspects of their country and embrace right. a, a new change it all comes down to them punching each other exactly at the end yeah. and i think that the it, it, i think the movie is kind of hinting at that but it it really has to abruptly drop that because he doesn't have time to think about that in between when he gets revived and goes on towards the end of the movie yeah, I mean, at the very least, I was kind of hoping that after he took the Black Panther stuff, he would be underpowered in some way, mm-hmm. um, just to make it a little bit more difficult and not just uh, a CGI punch fight. And I think, you know, and and part of this, I, I mean, we can move into the technology stuff. Um, I think they're running into a problem with these movies. This one, Iron Man, Iron Man does this a lot now, where there's... I would argue there's too much technology. It's too futuristic. Mm-hmm. Um, like some of the stuff that Siri is there. Siri is that her name? His sister. His sister. Yeah, I can't remember if it's Siri or if uh, something like I that. That was like, uh, yeah. You go ahead, and I will help you. Yuri, or I don't know, one of those. Um, the stuff that she can do and has at her disposal is is ma- It's magic. Yeah, it's, it's, Sh- it's Shuri magic. is her name. Shuri. Shuri. That's yeah. what it is. Shuri. Um. It's 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 magical. There's like they've got these beads that can do whatever the plot needs them to do, and it's they've got like they can eight stop different cars types. and they can heal your back if it's broken. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. they can, and they've got eight different types of technology that all have like a thousand different applications. Yeah did he, um, did he never use his uh, sneaker shoes in the movie? No, not actively. I don't think there was a scene where they they brought that up. That was know? really bizarre. I was looking forward to him sneaking around at some point, but he never. They that was a. It was weird. It was the opposite of Bond because in every Bond movie, you're like, well, how's he going to use these three things that he got right, from right. Q? And they don't really do that here. Well, the one that they do zero in on at the end is my least favorite one, which is that um, what the fuck were they? Did they call it the kinetic it energy called... suit? Nope, that was fine. It was uh, shit. The the. The remote piloting system thing. Oh, I sure. hate that thing. Like it, it takes away any sort of tension the, uh, the, um, regarding the uh, the act that the that the character has to do to the point where, like, instead of just sending what's his face uh, Bilbo Baggins there in a in, in a plane up to to fly and shoot these things down, he's doing it remotely. 
So there's no tension as far as his own safety is concerned. No, it's only tension uh, in as terms of whether or not he'll shoot it down before they cross the yeah, end zone. And yeah. so they they then have to uh, manufacture this other tension by having this one ship show out outside the room he's in and just start blasting the window. <laughs> yeah. it, you know, it's like, well, why don't you just put him in the put him in the fucking plane? You know, yeah. yeah. Um, and and especially when he makes this big show of like manning up and 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 doing it it's like okay but you are you're still you're playing a video game right now there's there's i'm not worried about you getting killed because they're you're, you're just playing a video game yeah it's cool technology but it's like i don't know it's just... no it's it's the same it, it, the the problem with it is the same as the big sort of battle scene at the end it's all it all feels kind of rote it just feels like you're just filling a little bit of time until you get to the end of it you know yeah. it's in so there's there's no stakes to him sort of flying around he's just shooting these things you know he, he's going to shoot these things down but it also has no the character it doesn't also that character isn't really built for anything in the movie he's kind of an interesting sort of i wouldn't call him fluff or useless but he he doesn't really amount to much you know in the grand like he doesn't have his own storyline that goes along with it maybe it's that he learns about how wakanda is uh in real life or in terms of what he views as real life but he's a it's kind of an empty character he doesn't have a lot going on for him by the end of it yeah yeah and he's got a little bit of like being the representative of the outside world who He's the audience member. About, yeah. Yeah. He learns about Wakanda and stuff, but luckily they don't spend too much time on that. I, I like Martin um, Freeman, though. I think Martin Freeman is no, a really, good. Good, really yeah. good actor. Yeah. He plays Everett K. Ross, which is the name of yeah. that character, who's apparently, I'm looking at the little blurb here. In the comics, he's more comic relief than he is in this. He's more of a serious character, I guess. I'm yeah. Sorry. I actually, I've never encountered that ca- character in the comics. That, I mean, I've. I'm getting I'm getting old enough now where a lot of the stuff they're pulling into these movies are from newer books that I haven't read. Okay. Um, you know. Because they're just they're destroying my childhood. <laughs> uh, That's right. But uh, just a, a, another tag on on the technology thing. I I feel like another thing that a lot of these movies, and I'm not just saying Marvel comics move, movies. I'm just talking about movies in general. These big action movies that are very futuristic and have all this technology and stuff. I think I've mentioned this before on on some other podcasts that we did. But I feel like usually. These movies or these stories have these big technological things for the purpose of having them break, mm-hmm. you know. So like to depower you've got, somebody, yeah, yeah. Because then you've got because if you've got this magic wand that you can just solve your problems with by waving the magic wand, um, the the interesting story out of that comes when you go to use the wand and now the wand is broken. Yes, um, you know it's like with Star Trek when they you know, need to fire the phasers, but oh, you can't, the phasers are broken. Shit. We have to blow up the ship, that kind of thing. Yep. Um, and, uh, I feel like they're forgetting to do that and they're just having everybody, everybody has magic wands and they're just all waving magic wands at each other. So it's, it's not really that engaging to watch. So like, so my, my feeling is, okay, if Killmonger has a magic wand and T'Challa has a magic wand, Having them have a magic wand fight is not really that interesting. But if T'Ch- if Killmonger has a magic wand and T'Challa has a magic wand, but it's broken, how do that? How does that fight play out then? That's right. where the interesting stuff comes from for me. Yeah, yeah, and I think that the um, the magic wandy aspect to it it actually kind of ties into the the powers of the Black Panther himself, where mm-hmm. he's a pretty generic 
superhero in terms of like mm. what his powers are and everything you know he's good he's good at fighting he's super athletic um he can get punched and then it, he can shoot out his kinetic energy and knock everybody back um mm. but he doesn't you know he doesn't have like the the thing in the way that like the hulk does or iron man or thor even um and so you end up it it ends up feeling a little bit underwhelming in terms of him losing his thing because he's like yeah. they w- just drinking that potion causes him to lose his powers but i didn't I, I didn't notice a tremendous difference he can't jump as high you know he's still a good fighter and everything when right, he doesn't have the right. potion so it, him depowering doesn't really amount to much and when they up power it really just turns into the ability of what the suit can do which is absorb energy and then knock everybody out yeah yeah, I for me the thing that gets lost with Black Panther at least so far is I don't really know what his flaw is. Hmm. Um, he's kind of because a, all I mean, of well, these... he's, he's a, I would say he works in comparison to the other Avengers because he's the uptight one. I guess is the way you could think. Like he seems yeah. he's the most stick in the muddy. I would think would be the way that I would describe him compared to the others. Yeah, but that's not really a char- that's not really a flaw. No, you know, it's more that's, that's how they a, play off of each other. Yeah, yeah, that's a character interaction thing. But I mean, you you know, you've got Thor whose flaw is his pride, uh, you know, the Hulk's is his anger, um, you know, Iron Man's is his... Uh, pride, I would hub- say, too. Or hubris, I would say hubris more. I guess they would call them two different kinds of pride. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, they, they all kind of have a thing that is the, 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 their character flaw that, when it's leaned into, makes them make bad decisions. And I don't know if T'Challa really has one that's as clear as as the other ones are mm-hmm. um i would i would i think he, if he does they kind of solve it by the end of the, the movie because i in in civil war i found him more interesting in civil war because he was more of still more of that isolationist kind of like i'm gonna do for wakanda what wakanda needs um and he's he he goes down that path a little bit more and that is Interesting in contrast to the rest of the Avengers, who are very much a global team. You know, yeah, he's yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, he's, um, he's so I don't know what his thing, and I think that kind of uh, all of all of the Avengers, the other Avengers who I listed, their flaws play into what their power sets are. Um, you know, in in various ways that I don't need to explain. Yeah, but and with Black Panther. I don't know where that connection is uh, because, yeah, his his power set is fairly generic. Um, it's generic, but it's also incredibly overpowered. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think anyway. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure what the next move for him is character wise. Yeah, he's um, you would have to flesh that out. I mean, they could play up the sort of Wakandan uh, lone gunman type thing if you if you wanted to go down that route but he he's also not really he's not written as um unkind as that like he's right. he's a fairly decent guy so it's hard to sort of turn him as the the like the wolverine to the x-men type role where he's the sort of outsider douchebag guy to the rest of the team right um, and you know he shouldn't be a, a douchebag right but, yeah, you know, yeah i don't know but they, if yeah. you if you the conflict there of him being a wakanda uh, on its own is tough to tie into a character who's extremely pleasant outside of that. And seems like he wants to help people. Yeah. And I, I'm trying to think back to how they used him in infinity war. Um, 
I just remember him in the fight scenes. Honestly, that's all I remember. Yeah, because I, I mean they they bring they bring the vision there uh, in order to to uh, have uh, Shuri try to get the stone out of his head. But yeah, there's there's not a lot of pushback or anything from him. He's just sort of like, yeah, you guys are welcome here. We're gonna help you fight this guy, no problem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not that I, I don't know if, if pushback is what they needed, but I don't know. He, yeah, he's just sort of like his use in that movie and all of Wakanda's use in that movie is just sort of like, we also have these characters that we need to use. Yes. Yep. This will be the place for the battle. And this is the place where the tech is good enough where we can kind of hey, figure out the stones. They got a lot of open space. there, perfect for fighting things. Yes, absolutely. There's only a couple of large boulders all around. They get the rhinos out of there and then they're ready to go. Um, That's another one too, where I, you know, I, my biggest problem with all these movies is how they just completely forget about the, uh, the environments that they're fighting in and how these battles affect. I think the Avengers, the first Avengers movie did it the best. And actually I would say both Avengers movies because they're fighting in the middle of these giant cities. And so you're getting, you're getting a look at the people of the city and how these things affect everybody and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And infinity war, I don't really mind it too much, but in this one, it feels like when so much of your movie, like a big character of the movie in this is Wakanda, the, 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 the country itself. Um, so it surprises me that they don't have any look into how anything that is happening affects anybody in the city or the country or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, say for the uh, the scene where he's walking with uh, his that ex girlfriend of his, yeah, um, yeah, they're walking through the marketplace. That's really the only time that you spend a lot of um, you spend a scene in the country itself. Outside of that, it's all sort of um, events like when he's fighting, and that feels like it's not really the common people are attending that. It's more like the families yeah. are attending those kind of things, you know. I honestly, I would, I would love to see in the next Black Panther movie. I would like to see more the fallout of the decisions that they're making here, where they're they're choosing to um, expand into the rest of the world and kind of uh, uh, expose themselves or introduce themselves to the to the rest of the world. I would be interested to see more stuff from the the level of the people and how they how they react to this and how they respond to it and whether or not they are cool with it and you know how that splits up because maybe. You know, maybe uh, maybe this wasn't the right decision. Yeah, I don't know. I, I would be I would really be interested in, in T'Challa having to deal with the, this decision that he's made, and maybe thinking it's not the right one. I mean, to not get too uh, like if you want to if you want to mirror like politics in a way. What's funny about the end is that he takes a very traditionally left wing uh, position, which is I'm going to throw money at the problem to fix it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I feel you could really, like, I was thinking of it as sort of a joke, but the sequel to the movie would be like T'Challa trying to work with like inner city youth who are just like, fuck you, buddy. Like he's, <laughs> he's not getting anywhere with the kids. And it's, he's talking to these kids and it's just a bunch of like younger killmongers who are like, I'm sorry, wait a minute. You have enough technology to save the entire world and you are you know, reading us books. Right. So what, what, like you, you bought our, you bought our, um, apartment complex. Thank you for that. But like, let's really get something. I I do feel that there's a, um, there is like, there is, there is potential seriously in a sequel there where his sort of outlook doesn't work out the way that he thought it would, because it is kind of a pat ending where he's just like, I'm going to give everybody a lot of money and everything's going to be good. I do feel that, 
on that, like, that's kind of what I was tying back into Killmonger's. Killmonger's thing of giving a bunch of people weapons does feel like it would more attain the result that Killmonger would want out of that. Like, yeah. I, I could see arming a whole bunch of, like, um, depressed and sort of upset, like, the um, the less fortunate of society. And that would really result in something. But T'Challa's optimism kind of feels a little bit... Um, I don't know, sort of, sort of like that's the superhero-y aspect of it. It's Killmonger's feels more grounded in a lot of ways, and I think that's why I like that character. Yeah, yeah, no, I would agree with that. Uh, let's see. So I guess the final point for this one would be uh, Infinity War also came out this year in 2018, mm. right? So did they make the right... If, if you're going to say that they made this best picture decision based on um, it's kind of the return of the king thing where you've had a whole bunch of movies and we haven't given you anything so let's make uh arguably the weaker movie uh the nominee for this one they did with scorsese too uh i'm not saying that this is a weak movie or anything but is it is uh, infinity war a better choice for a best picture for the marvel universe movies i personally think yes um that being said, I again, I understand. I think that I I don't think that nominating Black Panther is a we're going to hand out we're going to give an award to uh, we're going to give a nomination to the Marvel Universe in, in general. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's what you were saying before. I think this one stands away from er, or the rest of it enough and does enough on its own as far as the story that it's telling, the representation of of the people in the movie. Uh, the 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 design everything I think the culture and the cultural impact of all of that I think that's what's getting the nomination more than it is just a uh, you know you guys are doing a nice job over there at Marvel here's a, here's the nomination right you, you. you've done eighteen movies here it's time that we recognize uh, yeah. your cumulative effort because I I mean I think yeah it, as far as cumulative effort goes Infinity War all the way I mean because you can't even argue with that just what they're doing there yeah. Uh, as far as having all of those threads come together and you know presenting this new kind of villain that has never been in a, in these movies to it, you know it's it's a it's a com- completely different beast. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, yeah, I I get it. I get it why they picked this one, and I don't. I don't. I. Hmm. I don't disagree with the choice. I think I I think I like this choice more than I like Bohemian Rhapsody. I think this is a better movie than Bohemian Rhapsody yeah. is. Um, I, I'm, in, I'm, I'm kind of intrigued because the, it, this would have been easier in our five best picture world of a decade ago. <laughs> like I would have been yeah. like, I don't think Black Panther is really one of those five movies, but it's a pretty good movie. Um, it is kind of in that it is if you consider it like pick six to ten or six to eight or whatever it is in a given year uh, to be sort of the honorable mentions. I think it's an honorable mention kind of movie for it. I don't have a real problem with the nomination. I do think that it's, I think that it's so much of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, even though it is pretty distinct from them, and it's probably the most fully realized, as the little critical blurb on the tomato meter said. I think that, mm-hmm. um, I think that it is closer to the MCU than it is far away from it. And if that's the True. case, I do see it as sort of a running nomination thing where they are going to just reward. The basically the huge amount of money that the MCU has made for the Academy mm-hmm. and things like that. And I would give it to an Infinity War at that point. Although I think Infinity War 
and it's funny because Infinity War itself, the movie itself represents that cumulative effort of everything. And right, Black Panther right. stands alone as its own thing. So it's 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 tough to say. But and I would say that Black that Infinity War, as awesome as it is, does, did not have the same. Well, no, it didn't. I was going to say it does not have the same cultural impact as Black Panther did. No, it didn't. But I I think. Well, if I certainly, if I were to go back and pick one to rewatch, I'd rewatch Infinity War, I think. Yeah. Um, I've already watched that like three times. Yeah. So I, I think that the, it, it doesn't have the cultural impact, but it kind of, it has a large, like Black Panther has a sort of specific cultural interest in that it's like the, the conversation is much more specific when you're talking mm. about it. And I think that Infinity Wars is just the, you know, the, the best popular film thing that they were trying to do. Right, like Infinity right, right. War is just that. It's like it's a, it's a cultural impact because of how many people watched it. Infinity War made more money than this, yeah, obviously. So, um, but both of them made a tremendous amount of money. So it's, yeah, at a certain point, you're just splitting hairs. Yeah, you know, I'm looking at the 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 whole list of nominees, which is eight, I believe. Yep. Um, and Black Panther, even in this grouping, it does stand out as feeling weird. Like Bohemian Rhapsody, say what you want about it, fine, but I get it. Like I, it's it's that kind of movie. Black Klansman, get it. Star is Born, get it. Roma, get it. Green Book, get it. Favorite, get it. Vice, get it. Black Panther, I don't know. It mm -hmm. still feels weird to me. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. That's, you know, cool. It's, it's good to have. I, and it, eventually you could start coming across as if, as if not being on that list makes it a bad movie somehow. But it's really right, not the case. Right, which it doesn't at all. Yeah, it's no. just. And, I, you know, I, I think we, we talked about this a little bit maybe at the beginning of uh, Bohemian Rhapsody or some point, which is like. What does what does a best picture movie nomination mean? And like what does it look like? What does that kind of movie look like? And if is it bad if it goes outside of that box? Right. You know? Yep. Um I think judging I by my I, well, judging by my five years later test, which is mm -hmm. that um it's it's not my idea, but if you if you have to wait five years to see what the best picture truly was and then look back at it. I, yeah. I would think at this point I will remember Infinity War more than Black Panther, and I don't. Mm. I don't know. I haven't seen a lot of the other Best Picture nominees, um, so I don't know how it would stack up compared to those. Once I eventually see some more of them, but I, I feel, I feel like I'm not particularly going to remember Black Panther in a Best Picture kind of way, where I look back on it and go like, right. oh, right, remember that year? That was the year Black Panther came out. I, I do kind of feel that way about Infinity War, even if I think Black Panther is a better movie than Infinity War on its, like, face value. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I... Yeah, I, I'm I'm all for busting open the, the uh, paradigm of uh, what a Best Picture looks like. But, yeah, I don't know. Bohemian the two the two that we've watched like when I think of best picture I think of like Schindler's List or There Will Be Blood or something like that and I you get a just thinking of those things you get kind of like a visceral reaction yeah yeah and yeah I mean either one of these movies I don't I don't really get that so yeah I mean it's the, it's the only I've seen the favorite I don't I don't get that with the favorite 
Uh, those are the only ones that I've seen. Ro- but, um, Roma kind of feels. I have not seen Roma, but Roma feels like it's that. Judging by how people react to that movie, it feels yeah. like it's the traditional best picture type nominee. Yes, I would say if you're going to pick what it, the the two traditional ones are, Roma and A Star Is Born. Yep. I think. Yep. Yep. Well, we'll see with the B-roll, I guess, where it is. But yeah, that's. Uh, I think we're done with Black Panther. I, I enjoyed this very much, except for the last yeah. half hour, which I thought was kind of just the generic MCU type stuff. But I thought it's. Um, I thought they did a great job with the villain. I like Killmonger better than Thanos, or Thanos, or however you want to pronounce really? it. Really? Okay. Uh, if, only be- I- if only because I don't think... And I don't know if they've explained Thanos's ideology more in the previous movies that i haven't seen no, him in they, they have not they have not okay so his thanos's point doesn't really make sense to me in the way that killmongers does here Th- yeah. thanos feels like he has a bizarre belief that is unfounded by evidence and he's just going to continue yes. to carry it out yeah 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 killmonger is is probably is a better character i think um i think that with with thanos it's it's the the way that they present him in the movie and the work that they do to make him actually kind of relatable um goes a long way mm-hmm. yeah i just um i guess my my thing my thing would be about thanos is he has the belief that the universe is overpopulated but i don't see any evidence that that's the case so his mm-hmm. his solution seems like it's curing a problem that is not evident to me well yeah i mean it's it's a problem that's born out of the problem that he had on his own planet you know i mean he's 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 nuts yeah first and foremost you know and his his, uh, uh, but I, it's, I feel his, it's like, it's like if Jor-El on Krypton managed to survive the destruction of Krypton and it drove him nuts. And he was like, you know, now I have to, you know, spread, you know, it, it's, 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 he's, he's taking the thing that affected his home specifically and, uh, just casting just it over everything extrapolating else. it out incorrectly but to, uh, to a, a need for the entire universe. Yeah, I just feel that if it was, I, f- I feel that he does have a point if there was an, indeed an overpopulation issue in the universe. Like he's kind of, he's kind of battling in a tough spot where he's saying that the universe, this vast empty space is overpopulated. Yeah, um, so yeah. I, but I, I do like the, like if Thanos was truly correct, I do think he's an interesting villain. I just don't like if it, if it relies on him being insane and thinking about what his previous life was like growing up, it becomes a little bit less um, impactful to me. Where I think that Killmonger's plan is sort of I'm going to fix a problem here, and mm, I understand yeah. what the problem is in like my real audience sense. Maybe we can still heal you. Why? So you can just lock me up. Uh, just bury me in the ocean with my ancestors that jumped from the ships because they knew death was better than bondage oh definitely yeah and i think i think uh i think killmonger has much more interesting things to say about about the situation than thanos does it's just um, just something it's just something about that snap the simplicity of the snap is like mm-hmm. such a such a summation of um an evil idea like you just like it's like boom there it is click it's over so you don't have to talk about it you don't have to think about it it's just boom now now half of you are gone and we're gonna have to deal with the fallout from that it's the power of the infinity gauntlet man. that's right i do have to say also i am so happy that claw got to use his laser arm because yeah. <laughs> i wasn't 
<laughs> I wasn't sure that they were going to do that the first time that I saw this. And I was very happy because in the comics, in the comics, he's this weird looking like pink colored villain with like his, his, his power his is sound or something, isn't it? I was, really yeah, really... it's, it's vibranium based. Okay, it's, I don't yeah. know. Uh, but the gun on his arm in the comic looks like a big, uh, uh, satellite dish. Sure. It's kind of silly looking. Yep, yep. He is a character is very silly looking. So when I, when he was in civil war, and he didn't have that arm. I was disappointed, but then he got his arm cut off, and I was like, oh, "I see where this is going." So I was very happy to very happy to see that he got to use his laser arm. It's Andy Circus, which is shocking to me when I was when I was reviewing the information. I was like, "I can't believe that's what Andy Circus looks like at this point." I always think of Circus more as golem sized, but he's he's actually a yeah. pretty solid guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, we're done talking about Black Panther, which is not the version that Wesley Snipes expressed interest in working on in 1992, but instead mm. is the Ryan Coogler directed one starring Chadwick Boseman. How old do you think Chadwick Boseman is, by the way? This surprised me as well. 29. 41. Whoa. He's much really? older, much older than he than he uh, carries wow. himself. He looks like a, yeah, I was thinking I was thinking like mid mid 30s at most. Yeah, that's uh, wow. I I was shocked. He he certainly he he doesn't look much older than uh, Michael B. Jordan does at this point. I thought they no, were like comparable. Yeah. And Jordan's yeah. 31 at this point. Um, where's Wallace? String. Where's Wallace? Uh, that's it. I think we're done. Done with this. Black Panther. So we're going to talk about, uh, we'll have the B-roll. I think we decided on Star is Born, Clay, although I don't know when that comes out on Amazon to be able to mm-hmm. watch it. So... Mm-hmm. That is our currently the the leading favorite for what the B-roll that we're going to do, but it might be something else if we can't get that done in time for the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's it, guys. Thank you very much for listening. You can support the show by following all the social media. There's all the links in the video description below. You can support the show financially, patreon.com slash the Penske file, a couple dollars a month. You get extra stuff. You can go to PayPal link, which is down below, and you can also buy merch at the Teespring store, the shirts and cups and things like that. I still can't believe that Green Book was directed by one of the guys who directed Dumb and Dumber. Yep. And something about Mary, the the yeah. the jizz in the hair guy really thought he, it was time for him to move into yeah. racial uh, prejudice movies, I guess. I have not seen that Green being Book. Said, that being said, I do believe Dumb and Dumber is a masterpiece, mm-hmm. and I don't mean that like facetiously. I think it is a very well-constructed comedy. <laughs> no, they're good. The Farrelly's are good. They're, they're like a... Um, it's just they when had, you get stuck in a tone. They had a couple... They had a couple good movies, and then they kind of zipped down pretty quickly. But yes, they were good ones. Yes. They, they went to the well a few too many times, and I think maybe yeah, Green Book is them stepping too, away. A couple too many. Yeah. Or maybe uh, Peter was the certainly unfunny one who worked on structure all the time, and his brother was yeah. the one who wanted to do all the dick jokes and everything. Uh, that's it. I think we're done with that. So we'll be back with maybe A Star is Born. If not, it'll be something else. It'll be a kind of a surprise, but we'll let you know before it goes out. And then after that, we're going to be back with Amy Adams, and that's Leap Year and Arrival. And then we'll be back on a normal schedule. Clay, do you have anything you want to add before we take off? Um, I don't think so. Uh, Night Moves is out now. If you want to get a copy of that, please do. And uh, Badass, Batman the Animated Series show podcast, where me and Sean Murphy talk about Batman the Animated Series. You can listen to that, too. We're working on the second season as we speak. And, uh, yeah, hopefully it's out before the next election. <laughs> A lot more editing if you don't make it that point. Oh, boy. Yeah, you're telling me. Uh, That's it. So we've seen two of the Best Picture nominees. If you had to pick one of the two that we've seen, Clay, which one would win? Oh, Jesus. Uh, I would say Black Panther just on principle. Yeah, I I think I'd say Black (laughs) Panther. 
I think I'd have to. I'd have to if if it was just these two, I'd say certainly Black Panther is the winner out of those two films. Um but yeah, we'll see. The Oscars are February twenty fourth, so we'll see where things stand. I'd like to get at least a couple more under my belt. I'm only gonna we're only gonna do the one more for real ripe, but I would like to at least watch Roma, I think. And is that the only have you you've seen the favorites? Is that the only other one that you've seen? I have, yes. I would very much like to see Black Klansman and Vice. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Vice honestly, has a single chance of winning, but it's an interesting movie that it got nominated, I think. Yeah, honestly, Green Book and Roma don't really interest me. Yeah. Um, I'm sure they're fine. I'm sure they're good. I don't know. Green Book does not interest me whatsoever. But Roma, just by the the little clips that play on Netflix when you scroll past Roma, it just, it really looks clean. Just to watch it as such a, just to watch it as like a visual thing, I think would be interesting. We'll see if a it friend deserves. of mine actually did really did not like it, and he <laughs> it was one of those things where he's like, "I need to tell this to you because everybody else I've said it to has looked at me like I'm some sort of asshole." Mm-hmm. And he was telling me all the reasons he didn't like it, and I was like, "All right, well, I haven't seen it, but I'm glad I could be here for you to vent your frustrations <laughs> about being cast out by society because you didn't like a movie." It is nice that it's available on Netflix, though, immediately, like Black Panther is as well. But it's just it's nice to be able to watch the movies, some of them at least, to see what they are. Uh, well, stand. is is Roma? Roma is a Netflix movie. It isn't is. It? Yeah. So it came out in yeah. theaters so that it could get nominated. But it is a Netflix yeah. movie. Yeah. Interesting. Changing yeah. changing the way things work over there. Yes, absolutely. Chang- Even though their 10 second back button is still a piece of shit for some reason. <laughs> I, I have a bigger problem with the full speed reverse is not fast enough for me. It takes a long time yeah. to go backwards. Yeah. Yep. And let's not even get into why uh, playing all of those previews with sound is, on is terrible. Oh, my God. It's the worst thing ever. I think it's all part of their plan of like making you pick things quicker without actually thinking about it. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's like, cause you, you don't have time to sit and like, think about it when you click over to something and then all of a sudden it just starts playing audio and video at you. It's like, okay, yep. it's just chill out. Yeah. Chill out. Netflix is a, is a really wonderful. There's a couple other things. It also needs to fix its sound balancing, which is always a problem. It's not just Netflix, but movies have a problem with sound balancing, which um, I've managed to fix just by now we use uh, headphones, like RF frequency headphones that hook into the TV. Um, oh, really? Yeah, it's just much... Otherwise, it's just you're just in a battle with your remote about how loud the TV is. Like while you're mm. like it's an explosion followed by T'Challa whispering something, and you get like, oh Jesus, what did he say? I got to turn it up, and then the explosion. It's too loud. The kids wake up. But the headphones, I really recommend uh, headphones if people are like want the the most out of their audio. I think it's really. Um, I, I was happy with the investment. Yeah, I I end up uh, for movies where I really care about the sound. I end up doing this like balance between my TV and my sound bar. Mm-hmm. So I have them both kind of up in the sound bar, maybe a little bit up, up a little bit louder, just to kind of like fill it out. Yeah. It yeah. seems to work pretty good. Yeah, yeah. That's it. We're done. Black Panther, Real Ripe and Real Rotten, signing off. We will see you guys next time. <laughs>